the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, stay tuned for the conclusion of last week's message. And he lays it out to them. He reminds them, you received this gospel. It was me. It was through me. It was through the preaching that God had done through me. What more could I do? He says, by the grace of God, which was in me, God did this thing. He says, whether it was, it was I or whether it was they, we preached the gospel, and so you believed it, verse 11 says. Paul wants to remind them, and I think it's helpful in times like this, in times where our hope is fading, in times when we're in despair, in times when we're not sure about life and what's going to happen to our loved ones and what's going to happen to us if we die. I think it's in times like this that we need to be reminded of the gospel of the resurrection. And for some, it's not a reminder. For some, it's information for the first time. You're being educated on the fact that Christ died so you wouldn't have to. That Christ died according to the scripture. That he paid the price for sin. He bled. He suffered. He died according to the scripture. They buried him in a borrowed tomb. And yet according to the scripture on the third day. He got up from that grave with all power in his hand. And death and hell had no authority over him. He rose from the dead so that you and I would not have to face death because when he died for our sin he died to pay the price for that which was going to keep us in the grave thank you lord so he died according to the scripture then he comes back and he says now i need to share something with you because he's he says look i don't know what happened to y'all i don't know what went on with you guys but he says christ has been preached and he's been raised from the dead, how is it that some of you among you are saying that there's no resurrection of the dead? There's a danger if there's no resurrection. And Paul lays it out for them in the text. And every child of God, every human being needs to realize if there is no resurrection, listen, listen to what he says. He says that if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. Lord, have mercy. There's a domino effect. If Christ didn't get up from the dead, our preaching is empty. In other words, we're preaching for no reason at all. That means, hold on, if Christ didn't get up from the dead, well, why am I sacrificing my life 
to come and preach sermons on Sunday morning. Why am I missing out on hanging out on Saturdays with my family and walking through the park like other families? Why am I laboring in prayer and praying for saints and praying for people? And why am I laboring in this book Sunday after Sunday, week after week, day after day, digging out a word from God? Why am I in a word if the word has no authority, if the word has no power, if the word has no life, if he did not rise from the dead, then all my preaching, all the preachers in the world, all those that you would claim and proclaim to be prolific and powerful, all of their preaching is in vain. It's worthless. Our preaching will be empty. It's just words. It's just noise. And not only our preaching, but also your faith. Your faith is empty if there's no resurrection of the dead. Your faith, he says here, is futile. It's worthless. In other words, you believed in that which cannot do anything for you. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if there is no resurrection? All that you believed in, all that you hoped in, all of that was in vain, is fruitless, is futile. If there is no resurrection, your faith in God is not true. Because if Jesus died and he was not resurrected from the dead and he was God, that means God is dead. And if God is dead, what are you believing in? I mean... Your faith is futile, and more importantly, you're still in your sin. If Christ didn't get up from the dead, then all of us are still laden in sin. If he didn't get up from the dead, then he's no more than a Muhammad. He's no more than a Confucius. He's no more than a John Smith. He's no more than any others that have come before. And he's just as worthless as they are. If he didn't get up from the dead, not only is our faith in vain, but our sin is still on us and we're living our lives in worthless ways and we have reason and cause to be in danger of hellfire because if he didn't rise from the dead and I'm still in my sin that means when I die I'm just going straight to hell do not pass go do not collect $100 I'm just going straight to hell and every one of my loved ones have perished and they're gone if Christ did not rise from the dead if there's no resurrection These are the dangers if there is no resurrection. And he goes on in verse 19 to say, look, if there's no resurrection, people ought to have pity on us because we've gone down a road that cannot sustain us, that cannot help us, that cannot redeem us, that cannot save us, that worthless road of jargons and verses and quotes and songs that have worthlessness and emptiness all wrapped up in them. The major danger, he says, in essence here, is if there is no resurrection, we don't have any hope. What hope do we have if there is no resurrection? If I cannot place my hope in a resurrection, 
If I cannot place my hope in a gospel of God, what can I put my hope in? What can I hope in if everything else is out of control? The stock markets are crashing. The economy is blown up. The job market is empty. Even nature itself is saying we're out of control. There are earthquakes and floods and fires and there's infestations of bugs here and there's this going on there and I mean it seems like everything is out of control what can I put my hope in there is no hope and it seems like we might as well eat drink and be merry for tomorrow we die and there's no hope left if there is no resurrection that's dangerous if there is no resurrection we are in trouble Paul comes back After reminding them of the gospel regarding the resurrection and sharing with them the dangers of no resurrection, he comes back and he says, but here's the reality of the resurrection. Picks up in verse number 20. But now, I love, you always got to love the buts in scripture, but because it just changes everything. I mean, it was kind of sad there for a moment. You think about all the things and all the conditions if there is no resurrection. He, he told us that, that those who have fallen asleep, they just gone. They just perish. And we, we have no, no hope in life. We're just men to be pitied. And he says, but, verse 20, now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. So Paul redirects them and shares with them the reality of the resurrection. But Christ is risen. There's no need to worry. Christ is the first fruit. He's the first to be resurrected from the dead. And because of the resurrection, watch this, let me read this for you because this is where it's going to get a little tangled up. This is where, this is where I need to help some of, some of us to figure this out. He says, it's verse 21, for since by man came death, by man also came resurrection of the dead. What is he talking about? In Adam, all died. Because of Adam, because of the sin of Adam, we all were plunged into death. Adam's sin became all of our sin because the sin of Adam stained the relationship between man and God and separated man from God. And because of the sin of Adam, the sin of man was passed on and man was then born in sin from generation to generation. All who were born after Adam were born in sin because of Adam's sin. So in essence, in Adam, which is called a seminal view, in Adam we all sinned. And in Adam, we all died. For God told Adam, in the day that you take and eat of this fruit that's in the midst of the garden, you will surely die. And despite what the serpent told him, he says, you're not going to surely die. He says, God is just, in essence, trying to hold something back from you. And so he took of the fruit and ate. And in the instance that he ate, he died. Spiritually, he died in his relationship and his connection with God. Death happened. For in Adam, all died. Watch this. So in Adam, we all died. Even so, in Christ, all shall be made alive. Now, let me slow down. 
because of the resurrection, all shall live. Christians, pay close attention because what we believe typically, and we don't look deeper into the text, we believe that because of his resurrection, only we who believe will live. That's not what the text says. The text says, in the same way that in Adam all died, stay here with me, because of the resurrection, all shall live. I know, I know, I got you scratching your head. What do you mean, Pastor? Does, does this mean everybody is saved? No, it doesn't mean everybody is saved. But what it does mean that all shall have eternal life. Help me, Lord. Pastor, I know you done lost your mind. You've been quarantined too long. That's not, that's not theologically accurate. Yes, it is. Watch this. Because in Christ, because of the resurrection, there is going to be a resurrection of the dead for everybody. Christ just happened to be the first one. Watch this. He goes on to let us know. Then comes the end when he delivers when he delivers the kingdom of God to the Father and he puts an end to all things and all authority and all power, he must reign till he puts all the enemies under his feet and the last enemy will be destroyed is death. He lays it out that watch this, that Christ was the first to raise from the dead, but every other one will be raised according to his time. That's right there in the text. Each one, verse 23, each one in his own order, but Christ was the first fruit after those who are Christ at his coming. So there's an order of the resurrection. Watch this. So first of all, you've got, now watch this. What, this, was, what's, this is what's going to happen. Let me see if I can explain this to you so, so y'all can stop being mad and throwing stuff at the TV. Watch this. Because of the resurrection, be, to the believer. The believer will transfer or live on or be resurrected to everlasting life in the kingdom of God. But watch this. At the final judgment, the unbeliever also will be resurrected to everlasting life but his everlasting life will not be in heaven with God. His everlasting life will be into, unto condemnation in the lake of fire. So there in the lake of fire, he or she will live forever. They will burn forever. They will be tormented forever, but they will have life. Lord have mercy. Because he was resurrected from the dead, everybody's going to be resurrected and at the final judgment day, God's going to raise up even the most evil one to stand before his throne in judgment and they shall be cast into the lake of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth forever. So because of the resurrection, the reality of the resurrection is that all will be raised unto life. My God. It goes on. Everybody has their order. He lets us know the reality is that there's no need to fear for the believer. For watch this. For those that are in him, 
Watch this. If we've connected to him, if we've repented of our sin, placed our faith in him, he adopts us into his family. We become joint heirs with him. Now, watch this. When Christ rose from the dead, he became heir of all that his father had. He sat down on the right hand of God, and everything that was his father's was given unto him. All the authority, all the power was given unto him. And all of the kingdom and all of that was, was his and equally his. Watch this. And so we became, when we become connected to him through, through our, uh, our repentance of our sin and our inviting of him into our heart, we become connected, watch this, to that eternal life with him. And we become joint heirs with him because we're in his family. And at the judgment day, everyone who's not part of his family is not going to be invited into his house. Pastor, what are you talking about? What I'm talking about is that final judgment day when the book shall be opened and those whose names not found written in the Lamb's book of life shall be cast out into utter darkness. Pastor, what are you, what are you getting at? What I'm getting at is if you're in the family of God, your name shall be written in the Lamb's book of life. Can I put it this way? There's going to be a quarantine that's going to happen in the last day. You think right now is bad where you need some social distancing. Well, there's, there's going to be some serious social distancing when the final judgment comes because those who are not in the family of God shall not be let in. If I can say it this way, this just I'm just using my imagination. Everybody's going to have to come to the door and they're they going to open up the books and see all you listed in the books. Lord have mercy. It's going to be worse than having your temperature check. They gonna, they're not going to just check. They're not just going to do a temperature check to see if you're 101.4. No, they're going to check to see whether your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, all they can say to you is, sorry, I never knew you. God will turn his back on you and turn away from you and they shall cast you into everlasting judgment where you shall burn forever and ever. Watch this. Here's the worst part about the lake of fire. The lake of fire, you burn every day, but you are alive. So it's not like you burn and then you just burn up and die. No, you burn every day and you burn all day every day and you experience it all day every day for eternity. Why? Because of the reality of the resurrection. If there's no resurrection, there's no judgment of eternity that they shall live in the judgment forever. That's the bad side of it. The good side of it is, if there's no resurrection, then we who believe have believed in vain. But because there is a resurrection from the dead, we shall inherit everlasting life and peace with God. I'm just trying to encourage us that we still have hope. And our hope is in the resurrection from the dead. And because we've vested our Faith in a Christ who rose from the dead according to the scripture, we too shall rise from the dead. I don't care how many loved ones you've had that have gone on before you. If they had trusted Christ, if they're part of the family of God, 
They are no longer in pain. They are at peace with God and they're going to be raised again together. First Thessalonians, which we'll talk about at Bible study on Wednesday night, gives us a clearer picture of this. When the dead in Christ shall rise first and then those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. When the trumpet of God shall sound and we shall be changed. First Corinthians lets us know. We shall be changed. We'll get back later to the latter part of this. We're going to be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, where this mortal shall put on immortality, where this corruptible shall put on incorruption. And then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death was the law, but Christ, watch this, fulfilled the law, overcame the law, died for the law, redeemed us from the law, and invited us together to live with him. So now we have victory because victory is in Jesus, all because of the resurrection from the dead. Amen? Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for your word today. Thank you for reminding us of the hope that we have in the resurrection. For without the resurrection, we have no hope. But I'm glad today that you rose from the dead according to the scripture and that because you live, we also can live. And perhaps there's someone here today that's standing on the edge of death and destruction and hell and condemnation in the lake of fire forever. But today, God, you're calling them to come unto you that they might have rest for their soul, that they might have peace for their soul, that they might have hope in a time of pandemic. That even if they are to get the virus and die from it, they would have hope that I would be resurrected from the dead to live forever with the Lord. Father, I'm praying even right now that you would move on the hearts, move on the minds of those who are listening. Father, I know that there are all kinds of varieties of thoughts and belief, but what's important, God, is we stick with what your word says. Your word has made it clear to us today that in you, the resurrection, because of you, the resurrection, because you died for our sin, and no one else has done that. No one else can do that. Because you paid the price for us and our sin, we can have redemption from sin, redemption from destruction, redemption from from condemnation, redemption, from judgment, if we'd only come to you, put our hope, our faith in you. So God, I'm praying that there's anyone listening today that has never repented of their sin. I pray that today, God, that they would say, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I no longer have a desire to live a life that displeases you. I want you to come into my heart and save me. God, I know you'll save them right there where they are, right in their living room, right in their bedroom, right in their kitchen, right in their den. I know you'll save them. And because your work is not temporary, what you do is eternal. Once you save them, they're secure in you. He said it in John chapter 10, all that the Father have given to me, I have lost none of them. Nobody can pluck them out of my hand. Ephesians 4.30 reminds us, 
not to grieve the Holy Spirit in which we are sealed until the day of redemption. And so God, I'm thankful today for those that are even right now praying the prayer and inviting you into their hearts to be saved, that they too can have hope in a resurrection, that regardless of what happens to their flesh down here, they shall be raised again to meet you and to live forever with you in heaven. God, save them by your amazing grace. Have your way in their life. Even now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. And I thank you for what you're getting ready to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.